Welcome to Savvy Business, Life Unscripted with your host, Christina Rivera, where our guests share their wisdom and valuable business tips, empowering our audience to expand their personal potential. Hi, Jill Valdez. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, a Life Unscripted. It's welcome, welcome to have you here today. How are you? I am so great, Christine. Thanks for having me. Oh, you betcha. You are helping businesses out there grow a wonderful culture. Uh, The name of your company is Link, and you help businesses grow and build and develop their teams and their employees to be the best place where people want to come to work and where they can all grow together. And so we're so grateful to have you here today. We're going to share an important topic, and that is how to keep your employees motivated, something that gets harder as you grow as a business, Uh, because as you grow, the culture sometimes shifts. Yes, totally agree. Yeah. Share with the audience just a little bit about your backstory because you hadn't always worked in HR. You moved into it recently, but you've had a great gift for it. And your your ex-boss actually was the one to give you the kudos to go ahead. Share a little bit about that. Sure. Yeah. So my uh, background is actually, I was an executive pastor at a couple of different churches for Mm -hmm. over 17 years. I helped start a brand new church, and then my last one, I was at an already established church. But in the course of that time, the church was going through some financial difficulties, and I resigned my position um, to, you know, kind of help them out. I stayed at the church, but I resigned the position. And so in figuring out, like, what do I want to do and what do I want to be, I was trying to take everything that I did as an executive pastor and figure out where does that fit in the for-profit sector? So I bounced around a few different jobs, but my last job that I was at, I was working, they hired me to be their project manager, and uh, I developed into being the director of human resources. And one day the boss came to me and he said, you need to be doing this for more companies than just one at a time. Um, And so he said, you need to start your own agency. I'm being super selfish in keeping you. So go start your own agency. I'm going to support you. I'm going to be your first client. And that was the birth of Link was that step. And taking what I've been doing for 17 years of working with people, working with a volunteer team, uh, talk about having to motivate them. I never got to say, hey, I'm paying you. You got to be here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you're talking about when you worked as a pastor, right? Because a yes. lot of the people who came to the church were working on a volunteer basis, not for pay. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's a, let's speak to that because I think one thing I'm seeing with a lot of the newer companies starting is they're throwing out a lot of bennies, like we'll have some food and we'll have this and that bennies. But I've come to realize, not I'm a consultant, but not in human resources is the fact that people are motivated by money, but only so far, like you can give a little extra money, but if they're not happy there, it's really not going to make a difference for the long term. Let's uh, talk to me a little bit about that. Oh, you're so right, Christine. It's really about the culture of the company and what is the company doing? You know, for so long, that's how employees were motivated is I'm giving you a paycheck. You're going to show up every day. And, and nobody really cared whether staff was happy or not. Mm they were getting a paycheck and that was the expectation was that that should be sufficient. Mm-hmm. And then um, things have morphed over the years, like with Apple and Google and some of these, you know, trendy places that they're like, Oh, well, we're going to, you know, we're going to put a ping pong table and we're going to put a napping room and you know, all these different <laughs> yeah. benefits, right. Yeah. A casual Friday. I remember when that became a big thing, <laughs> like that was a big benefit. Yeah. 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, but it still doesn't always guarantee mm -hmm. that people are going to be happy. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but what I've found that makes the best businesses <clears throat> is really a business where the people are awesome where you really jive, where people are respectful, they work together. It's not just uh, every man for himself. Like if someone's out and I'll pick up your phone, I'll help you out and, and vice versa. And those environments, it's exciting to come in because they're really great people. How do companies motivate and, and create a culture that's like that, where people really jam together? Sure. So there's a couple of things that companies can do to make that happen. I've been very fortunate to work at companies that do that really well. And I've worked with companies who uh, did not do that so well, <laughs> but really it starts with at first defining that as a core value of the organization. Mm -hmm. We're going to be a place that values our team. We're going to be a place where we value each other as people mm -hmm. and where we care about each other. We're, we're going to recognize a, that you are a person. So that means that, you know, it used to be, oh, you just leave your personal life at home. Don't bring your junk in. I don't care if you got in a fight with your husband on the way into work, leave it at home. Mm -hmm. um, but we're people yeah. and whatever's happening in our life, it impacts our day. It impacts our emotions. It, it impacts our ability to concentrate. Yeah. And so recognizing that we are working with people and building the value of the idea of valuing those people as a core value. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So and what I'm getting here, how do you deal with, say you're a business owner and you've decided, okay, this is going to be our core value from now on. It's not going to just be money on the table or ping pong tables. Right. We're going to make it more about the people and how we're all in this together and build this deep overlaying community. But let's say we have a couple of toxic people who've been there maybe since the day the door opened and they're just like, you know, I'm like top notch. I've been here since the day the door opened and they don't really want to change their toxic behavior. How do you begin to work to change that? Or do you just like give them 30 days and you're out or do you, <laughs> I mean, how would you handle that? How would you suggest a company handle that? Sure. I actually have dealt with this with a company uh, that had that exact issue. And what the, the director did is they explained to the people um, first, it was, you know, a large group. This is what we are. This is who we are. This is where we're going. This is what we're developing. Mm -hmm. And those people who didn't want to get on board, then there would be some one-on-one -on -one meetings. Um, understanding what is it? What is it that is making them so resistant to those changes? Mm -hmm. um, are they truly toxic or are they afraid of change? Are they truly um, toxic or are they just uncertain about now where they fit in the organization or even how to be a people person, Ooh, you know, this is great that you're hitting on this. I started a number of years ago at a tech company and there was a gal there who I'd been there for four years. She was never really a super happy person, but Hey, being a techie, she's really loves machines and, and the sure. tech, technical aspect. Well, when the time I worked with that company, they grew from about a hundred people to 400. Okay. So, um, she actually had to kind of, get more involved with people and she yeah. was hating it. Yeah. Um, but so now with that being the case, I love that you mentioned this because they might not be really horrible people, but they probably don't know where they fit in. I, there were 75 people or 10 people when she started. Now there's 400. Where am I? Am I still important? Maybe it's just kind of letting them know where they fit and everything. Exactly. And really, if you have people that have been with your company forever and ever and a day, value them for that, recognize them for that. And 
let them know I am depending on you because you understand the nuts and bolts of what we're doing. I know we're getting into a different culture and we're behaving differently, but at the core of who we are and what we do, the service we provide for clients isn't changing. Mm -hmm. And if, you know, if I'm talking to that, that person and you do this well, I need you to keep doing this. I need you to keep training the new people that come in. Mm -hmm. I'll work with you on how to deal with people. <laughs> you, you help me and you partner me with helping these new people understand what it is that we do. So giving them a place, mm -hmm. um, coaching them about personalities yeah. and why people are the way that they are. Everybody's not the same. One of the workshops that I do is mm -hmm. a communicating, uh, communicating more effectively through better understanding your personality. I love that. Uh, ooh, better understanding your personality, how you fit with other, other personalities. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And so what it is, how I communicate, how other people communicate, what are the conflicts between those two styles? What are the strengths between those two styles? So, yeah. Yeah. It's totally fascinating. And what I've realized, there are some companies I go into and it's not just one person. Sometimes it's become so ingrained that now people are just, gosh, 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 talk. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, that's what it's become the norm that it's the gossip culture. Yes. And, and as a business owner, how do you begin to rile, you know, everyone together, the teams and say, listen, guys, this isn't about, let's talk about our neighbor. How do we find common ground? Would you suggest maybe an outing with the whole group? I mean, how would you handle that if you're walking in? Well, the first thing that I do with a company, especially when there is some uh, breakdown and wanting to get to that changing that culture is yeah. I do a couple of workshops. I do the communicating through your personality and then also a workshop on team building. And we talk about uh, building trust with each other. We talk about accountability. Um, we talk about living out our core values. So doing that, that kind of is the foundation. And then from there, that gives me um, and then also coaching the, the HR manager or whoever's in charge to mm -hmm. say, look, you just tell them we're not tolerating this. This is not behavior that we are going to continue in. We know that it was in the past, but look at what it's got us. And we're not doing this anymore. Like yeah, a, a company I worked for, they, they had to do that. And when they heard about gossip, um, they would most of the time they'd go to the person directly and say, look, we, we're not doing this. But then they would also use it as an opportunity at the next all hands meeting to say, Hey, Remember team, our core value is that we're valuing each other and people who value each other don't talk about each other. Exactly, exactly. And also one thing I've gotten from talking to employees, they're like, well, I don't trust upper management because one of the things I got from going to a number of businesses is that there's the clicks going above us and they don't get us, the small yeah. people. Yeah. And so is there, there's also building that bridge of the upper management supervisors and then the people who are doing the you know everyday work to build that you're not us and them kind of idea that this is really, we're working together. They might be managing you or a supervisor, but you're not separate. Yep. Oh, yeah. I read an article. Um, it popped up in my LinkedIn feed. I can't remember who wrote it. It was probably like in Forbes or Harvard's Business Review or whatever, but um, they were talking about this company that completely did away with titles. Ooh. So the president of the company, he wasn't called the president. Hmm. Um, you know, the director of HR wasn't called the director of HR. How they identified people was based on their role, 
Mm. And that totally shifted everything for them. Mm. It, because they, they actually were a great management company team that wanted to let the people under them know that they were all in that together, that they were working together that, um, and, and so that's what they did is they got rid of titles and just started assigning roles as opposed yeah. to titles. It's interesting. I, I worked at a business a number of years ago where uh, some of the upper management really held on to their titles. Like, uh, this is my godship. I mean, I, right. I, I need this title. And so I, I think for some people who've been in a company a long term, uh, it'll be hard because come, sometimes the title becomes part of their identity. They only, they almost see themselves. That's who I am. And, and right. it's really getting deeper that, no, you're more than a title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The person there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The title doesn't, and you know, John Maxwell talks about this. The title doesn't make you who you are. It doesn't automatically say qualify you as a leader. If you're the vice president of sales, that doesn't mean that you're a, the greatest salesperson in all the world. And it doesn't mean that you're a great leader and trainer of those who are under you. It just means that you, for some companies, it just means you've stuck around long enough and that's why you got that title kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. But Hey, that's a great idea when you kind of get rid of all the titles and, and you get taken off that kind of, um, paying attention to that. And let's get to the nitty gritty of what we can do to make things go forward together. Yeah. Whatever our skills and gifts are. Yep. And, Another thing that companies can do if they're not ready to throw that out the door, which a lot of companies are like, well, what would we do? Uh, you're going to call me and I'm going to help you through it. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> True. But the other thing is um, developing a uh, mindset of ownership. Mm. So, okay, you're not ready to get rid of all the titles. That's fine. Everybody can have a title, but empower everybody mm. in the company to think like an owner of the company. Mm. Don't treat them like employees, treat them like owners, expect them to behave like owners. And that mindset shift, that makes a lot of difference too. That really breaks down a lot of that us versus them mentality as well. I so love that. I had a, one of the best bosses I ever had and one of the best companies I worked at, my boss would say to me, uh, when I got hired, this is your portfolio. In other words, you own this, this is all right. This is your responsibility. And we were given quotas on, you know, if you could perform to get this, you know, portfolio up to speed and what given time you would get rewards. Maybe it's an extra day off, maybe it's lunch, whatever it might be. Um, But it really worked because you weren't really competing with someone else. You're competing with yourself. How can you be better than you were yesterday? Yeah. Yeah, And and you make a great point, Christine, of as far as you're not telling them they have to act like they're the owner of the company, Mm -hmm. but whatever their role is, you can empower them to be the owner of that role. Exactly. And whatever you need. And my, like I would go to my boss and say, Hey, I'm having difficulty. This isn't working out. This client's giving me this problem, that problem. He's like, great. What are your plans? How are you going to fix that? Give me A, B, C, D. Like he wanted you to come in to his office with, here are my possible solutions. And then we talk it over and he's like, okay, let's go with A or B or C or whatever. Right. And, And that way you feel empowered that, Hey, I'm getting a say on how we go forward. But at the same time, you're getting ownership and responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite sayings to empower staff with, and I I even say it quite often is, um, if I were in your shoes, this is what I would do. Mm -hmm. And that way they know that you're, A, that you're thinking through as if you were in that higher position. Mm -hmm. Um, You're not telling them what to do. You're not coming in demanding your way. 
but you're actually just saying, this is what I would do. So this is, this is the suggestion that I make. And, and because you're saying this is what I would do and taking that ownership, they also have a confidence that you know how to make that work and that you're going to be committed to making that happen. Mm, that is awesome. Well, I, I don't want us to leave without people finding out how they can work with you. How can a business call you, get started today if they want to get their business and everything up to the next level? How can they do that? Oh, awesome. So I'm a little bit unconventional in that I do have a website. It's kind of, you know, it's just a really basic storefront kind of website. I know that I want to get in touch with people and I want them to be able to know they can get in touch with me right away. So for your listeners, um, they either are listening on their phone or they have it sitting right next to them. Take out their phone, open up their text messaging app. They're going to text the word link to 31996. That's link, L-I-N-K, the name of the company. Text that word to 31996. I'll get a notification and we'll be able to immediately start a conversation. And what I'd like to do is give to your guests an opportunity to get on the phone with me and have a free next level strategy session call. Mm -hmm. It's not a sales call. Um, we can talk about working together at the end if they want, but really it's an opportunity for us to look at what's working mm -hmm. and what are some of the obstacles and strategize some ways to overcome some of those obstacles. Yes. And they can see how well those strategies work and say, we need more of you here. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that works too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, I have to thank you again, Jill, for coming to share your great wisdom today on Savvy Broadcasting Life Unscripted. I really thank you for coming today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I loved it. If you liked this episode, please share. To hear more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to lifeunscriptedradio.com. To become a guest or participate in paid sponsorship, email us at christinalifeunscriptedradio.com.